The Tactical Transition Navigating the Civilian Frontier Mastering Career Strategies Sharpening Networking Tools and Creating a Successful Transition Plan Hello everyone and welcome to part two of our interview with Dave Maurer. The other thing that makes me happy in, in a weird transition here, um, and I suspect makes almost everybody, and if they're if they say it doesn't, I think they're not telling the truth, what makes them happy are Oreo cookies. Now let me tell you about why I want to talk about Oreo cookies. <laughs> Oreo cookies, and I've I've used this countless times in presentations. Oreos are the best-selling cookie in the world. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, I've been saying it for years. I looked it up. And fortunately, it was true. They're, they're, <laughs> they're available in over 100 countries. Yep. They're produced in like 18 different countries, including China and India, the UK, uh, of course, here. I don't know how many varieties there are, but you would be shocked at the dozens and dozens and dozens of varieties of filling they have. And they have the double stuff. And they have, anyway, they go on and on. They, they're, they started in 1912. People, you hear of 1912, people think, oh, the Titanic. No, that's when Oreos were, were invented. So that's, that's important to me. And 1912, I, and I the year of the Oreo. That's right. And, and, and why do I talk about Oreos? Well, I, I, we all, most of us love an Oreo cookie. Most of us love many of them at one time. Uh, and, and I was in the store once, and and I see uh, Oreos. And you remember, if, if folks, many of us will remember the old packaging, which is all cellophane. It was all cellophane, and and uh, that was that was fine, except it was it was a mess to open. And once you opened it, you couldn't seal it again. So you faced with a choice: you either had to find some Tupperware, or you do what I did, and you just eat the whole package absolutely uh, That's but right. it was also noisy and you know cellophane so at 11 o'clock when you wanted a snack you 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 risk waking everybody up because you were trying to sneak an oreo or, or five and 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 that wasn't any good so i'm at the store and now i see this new relatively new packaging a couple of years ago and if we've bought any nabisco products lately you've seen they that now they are resealable they have this little peel back um top and it's very quiet and you can reach in and you can take a couple out and then you could rearrange them. So nobody could tell you even been in there and then you <laughs> seal it back up again and you can have your cookies. So here's Oreos best-selling cookie in the world. And yet they kind of rebranded. They, they, they made a change. They improved their packaging, their packaging. Right. I'm listening on TV and I see a, a commercial for Oreos, a commercial. They're paying for advertising and they're, the, and they're the number one cookie in the world. Why are they even doing that? You walk down an aisle, you see Oreos, you pick them up, you put them in your cart, but they're advertising because they're promoting themselves. They're still they're the number one cookie, but they wanna stay the number one cookie, so they're gonna advertise. So my point is, if we apply those, those items to our, ourselves, to our transitioning selves, you need to advertise. You need to market yourself. 
even if you're number one, no matter how good you are, people have to know that. So you have to get okay with talking about yourself without it sounding uh, self-aggrandizing. And you can do that uh, because as you said earlier, you, you wanna help them help themselves by telling them what you bring to the table. Um, you have to rebrand yourself like like the Oreos did. You, have, you, you, you can't go on the rest of your life saying, I was once a Colonel or a Sergeant Major or a Master Sergeant or a Lieutenant Colonel or a General. That's nice, that's good, that's helpful, that's who you were, but it's not who you are anymore and and doesn't need to be who you are anymore. And you need to rebrand yourself a little bit to say, yeah, that's that was all part of who, who, who made me who I am, but now I'm gonna add to that, I'm gonna be even more than that. And and if you're not willing to do that and you live in the past, you're gonna be dissatisfied uh, with the future because when I was a hiring manager, frankly, I didn't care if you were an E8 or an O8. What were you gonna do for me? What skills did you bring? What capabilities did you bring? What contacts did you bring? Uh, and, and, you know, I'm happy to hire you, Colonel, but you know, you have to understand in today's world, uh, nobody's, you don't, you don't get a secretary, you don't get an admin assistant, you're gonna write your own emails, you're gonna do your own research, you're gonna report to somebody that you might not be real thrilled with who may, maybe was junior to you in, in, in the great, in the big world. Um, too bad, so sad, but that's the way things are out here. And if you think that you might, as, a, as an 05 or an 06, might not work for somebody who was enlisted, think again. Because I can tell you from personal experience, my last boss, as you, you guys know, um, was a retired master sergeant. And I'm a retired lieutenant colonel. Did I have a problem with that? I sure didn't because he signed the front of the check and I signed the back. And That's exactly right. And, yep. and he was still 100% smarter than I am in, in many respects of certainly running a business. And I respected that. He respected me for what I knew. But... Here's a, you know, here's a, an obvious, you know, it's different. You know, when you're an officer in the military, as opposed to being enlisted, when you're an officer in the military, your boss is almost always older than you are. Majors are older than captains. Colonels are older than lieutenant colonels. You're used to working in that hierarchy of you're, you're my superior and you're older and you're quote unquote wiser. You've been around longer and the enlisted ranks not true, right? The, what about the staff sergeant that works for a second lieutenant that's been in the army all week? And I can tell you from my own son's experience, that's not always a great thing because he gets frustrated because he knows more than that senior officer does. But now you get in the, in the, in the civilian marketplace and it's back to that again. You could work for people that are senior to you, older than you, younger than you. Um, my first boss was my son's age at the same time I, I had a son her age her so i had to get used to working for a female who was my son's age and uh i got used to it in about 10 seconds uh because i had to and she was also way smarter than me um now she's got three kids she's retired but you know life 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 is is is, is uh will we'll throw you those opportunities and you've got to be prepared to um to work with somebody who's got different experiences, different knowledge, who may be younger than you are. I love that. Mission Oreo. Mission Oreo. I love it. Rebranding. Yeah. 
So, so have an Oreo that cookie, and as you're eating that Oreo cookie, think okay. about think about, about why you have it. That's an excuse to get Oreos. There we go. I like that. Um, now that, but you're so right, though. It is all about you know here, like, and I will tell you, you can get Oreos everywhere. When we were in the UK, I was surprised that that was the only thing I recognized in the in the cookie aisle was the Oreo. There's the Oreo. Uh, so yeah, it is everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's such a great message that you, you know you're not changing what the Oreo is, not really. You're just maybe rebranding to, you know, bring it back, bring it to the new marketplace. You, you, you continue to advertise because don't just assume that, uh, you know, you're going to stay in that standing. So I, I love that. I love that uh, messaging. So we'll we'll refer to that as Mission Oreo. Okay. So um, yeah. I think we should take a little bit of time here and talk about networking. Uh, Michelle and I, we always, uh, we always talk about networking being the most important tool in your job search arsenal because quite frankly, and this is this is true whether you're a transitioning service member or like my husband who's been in corporate America, every job my husband's ever gotten in corporate America, and he's been in corporate America now for 30 years, has been through networking. He's never just like went and applied for a job and got it that way. That's not how it works when you're in corporate and you're in those things. So networking is important to know how to do yeah. and how to do well. And so let's, I'd, so I'd like to get uh, your thoughts on best practices. Well, it's, it's, it certainly leads to jobs. It leads to better jobs, leads to different jobs. And and along the way, you're making contacts and friends, not just for you, but for other people as well. Um, and, you know, the, it, for service members to think, well, I don't want to network. Well, we network in the military all the time. It, we don't necessarily call it that. We don't maybe see it that way, but we have friends at different installations. We call them to get advice. We call them about the uh, assignment there or hey i know somebody who's moving to fort bragg and tell me about bragg i've never been there what about this what about that or different service component hey my nephew's going into the navy uh, you, you call one of your navy friends from a joint assignment and you ask about that that's networking and and even in your job you know when i was uh uh, uh up at the military academy i all of my compadres there all the the 10 to 15 uh, O5s who we considered ourselves running the installation. I think the colonels would have had a different view, but we all networked together. We all had lunch once a week and talked about the interaction. And, and, you know, I need to talk to the civilian HR guy. I talked to the ops guy, the ops guy talked to me, I'm talking to the aide de camp and we're all networking. We're all sharing information. So it's not something that's different. Uh, it's just a different environment, but it's still, it's still networking. And, you know, uh, as I've said many, many times, my, one of my favorite quotes is if the opposite of, of networking is not working and you, you have to be able to take that business card or, or talk to somebody intelligently and fluently and briefly about yourself and about your aspirations and, and to network. So you get out there, the Oreo cookie, uh, um, analogy where you're advertising well you are as we used to say you are now a product and sounds cold but it's true when you're when you're a job seeker you're you're a product and and your product is good your product is great but you 
but you still need to get out there and tell people about it. You still need to, you still need to network. You still need to, um, to uh, advertise and a means to an end in advertising is uh, yourself is networking and being known to, to more and more people. So as you know, I like to tell stories. So here's another story. Um, and this one, uh, my wife likes this one because she's the hero in this story. But it, it gets it gets to networking, and and maybe a lot of your listeners will will, will have had similar experiences as as a, as a spouse. Um, so one day, my wife uh, comes to me and she said, uh, "Hey, you know my friend uh, uh, Laura." And these are the real names I, I'm, I've written about them, so I, I know they don't mind. You, you know my friend, Laura? Yeah, of course I know Laura. Uh, you'd never met her husband, Rob. And I said, no. And I knew where this was going. And she said, you should meet Rob. You guys would be good friends. And I said, oh, please, no, no, no. I don't want to have to meet Rob. I have plenty of friends. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to force this. And so, but I knew I was going to lose this argument in the end anyway, because I've been married, you know, a while, uh, 45 years at this point, but at that point, a little bit less. And I said, well, all right, uh, tell me about Rob. What do you want to know? She says, well, does Rob like sports? Yes. Yeah. When I was over there at the house, he had a football game on. Okay. Well, that's, that's one thing we have in common. Um, uh, does Rob Rob smokes cigars. Do you have any ideas? He smokes cigars. So I like cigars. She said, as a matter of fact, he does. I saw an ashtray out on the back table and uh, and there was a cigar in it. So I know he smokes cigars. I go, oh, that's 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 good. That's two. So uh, worse comes to worse. If we don't kick it off as a friendship, at least we can talk sports, talk sports and smoke a cigar for three hours. And I fulfilled my my requirement. And uh, and I said, well, what does Rob do? She goes, well, he's the head of HR at Quantico Marine Corps base. And at the time I was a, a transition, a tap instructor, a tap uh, at leader. And so, wow, the bingo, 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 because boy, wouldn't he be a good resource for me and may, might I not be a good resource for him? I said, okay, well, that's, that, sounds, that sounds decent. So we went to, went to dinner, it's a long story, I'll make it short. Uh, wives are talking across the table and they picked up a conversation that started earlier and and Rob and I are kind of feeling each other out looking each other over and started to talk and became fast friends and and we ended up uh, he's a retired marine e8 and he lived not too far from me and and every Saturday we would he would put on his raggedy old Marine Corps hat and I'd put on my raggedy old army hat and I'd get in my my truck I'd go to his house and we'd pick up all our trash and we'd go to the dump and we smoke cigars and we do what men do. And that's on a Saturday and I'd smoke cigars and go to the dump. But all the, all the time we're there, we're talking about work. And it got to the point where I knew everybody on his staff by name, though I'd never met them. He knew people that I worked with, including you, Michelle, by name, though he had never met you. But we shared each other's issues and questions and solutions as we spent that time. And still do to this day, and it's it's been 10, 15 years now. Um, and he's moved away, but we talk all the time. And he got me into into writing and speaking and so forth. And and we've encouraged each other over the years. We've even had some conversations that didn't include work, but very rarely uh, did that 
it, it always crept in because we had similar issues. So my point is that, you know, my wife set us up on a play date. And even though I was dead set against it, knowing this was not going to be fun, it turned out to be life changing for both Rob and for me, because we found a friend and we found a colleague and a confidant and someone else who, who's net, who expanded our network. Everybody that he knew I had access to, everybody that I knew he now had access to, and we shared that network. And he, he, he grew friends from my network and vice versa. So you never know where that opportunity might present itself. It might even be your spouse saying, you need to meet this person. And you should say, yes, that's a great idea, honey. I'm going to go do that because it might, it might just work out. The worst case is you met somebody, uh, somebody new and you've, you know, maybe you have a new friend, if, even if it's not a good network buddy. Um, but if you, but I always, I always keep, I still keep a stack of business cards because I keep them in my car. I keep them in my pocket. I have some in my wallet because, you know, I've retired from full-time work, but I still want the occasional opportunity to speak or to, or to, uh, to consult with somebody. So I want to, I want to be able to network and, and give them a card and give them a means to contact me. Um, or go to my website so I can continue to to do what I what I love to do. And so networking is a it's sort of a skill, but it's it's not a tough skill. It's it's not hard, but it demands that you do it and that you are aware that these opportunities are right in front of you, and now you need to take advantage of it because you just don't know where that might lead. And it's not hard. It's 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 actually pleasant. Most of us. Even if we're, if you're uh, outgoing and, and, a, and a, you know, you have that, that, uh, that um, extrovert personality, it's a little easier. If you're, if you're initially, um, motivated by, by people and being out there, um, kind of force yourself to, to put on a smile and, and talk to people. They're not going to bite. And the worst that's, that's going to happen is they, they turn around and walk away. Well, now you've, You've learned something about them. It's, not, it's about them, not you. So I, I think there's no there's no there's no great loss in in putting yourself out there and talking about, hey, I'm I'm just leaving the military. I'm, uh, this is where I want to work. This is what my passion is. That elevator speech, that thirty second or one minute or whatever it is uh, that you might have to engage with somebody at Starbucks or. Uh, literally in an elevator. That actually happened to me. I was in an elevator and I, I, I gave an elevator speech. I, I couldn't believe this actually Love came it. true. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and I wasn't looking for work and neither was this guy, but, but we, we shared each other's information. I got his, he got my card, but it demanded my knowing enough that I could speak in you know, 20, 30 seconds. And, yeah. uh, and so that's an important thing is, you know, Hi, my name is, uh, what brings you here? Are you from around here? What do you do? Well, here's what I do. Here's, I've been in the army for 15, 25 years and I'm, I'm gonna be retiring. Uh, well, yeah, uh, tell me more. Well, I'd like to, so you have to be, pre be prepared for those opportunities, right? Success is when preparation meets opportunity. So right. just like we are, we, we're taught in the military, be prepared for any contingency, any opportunity. And it, it's certainly true in, in, uh, in career transition and networking is an absolutely essential skill um, to pursue as you're, as you're looking for opportunity, looking for work. That's amazing. Great, 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 
Great story, too. Love that. Love the play date. <laughs> set up on a play date. It's set up on a play date. It worked out. I love that. But yeah, networking is, is, is so important. So Dave, um, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned and you said, you know, that's a subject that I'll dig a little bit deeper in. But you mentioned volunteerism and, and going right. out as somebody transitioned from the military, possibly volunteering um, in roles. And, and why, why would you um, encourage that or what value uh, comes from that? Yeah, well, it's 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 another opportunity, right? As I said uh, earlier, I think <clears throat> not everybody, when you transition from the military, will land the perfect job first time out. Um, you may not even want to work full time after you've done 30 years in the military. You might want a little respite. Um, but knowing most of us that have been in the military, it's hard to just sit there on your hands and watch daytime television, you, you, you really feel like you, you want to continue to do something. You want to, you want to serve in some capacity. You want to be a participant and leverage what you know. And, and if you don't, if the job opportunity isn't there or the right one isn't there, or you're not ready yet, there are ample opportunities to volunteer. Um, you can volunteer at the local hospital by uh, taking patients to their destination by uh, greeting them at the desk. You can uh, volunteer um, at hospice. You can volunteer uh, at the USO. Uh, I'm doing that now um, here at Quantico. You, you can, there's all kinds of things you can do um, as a volunteer. And and that, that gives you some time to get your, your, your feet settled a little bit and to focus a little bit more, but it also gives you opportunities to get back to networking, uh, to establish some relationships. Um, uh, when you're when you're I, when you're working uh, in volunteer capacity, uh, you meet people, and and you never know who you're going to meet, right? And uh, whether it's that you know that play date that somebody set you up on, or it's just somebody you happen to meet, and you say, well, this 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 guy has a pretty short haircut. I bet he was in the military. And now you, you start that and you find, no, he wasn't in the military. He was, he was in the FBI or he was in law enforcement. Oh, really? Well, tell me more about that. And now, now you've got an inroad into that new world and, or, or he or she does. Uh, my point about volunteering is it fulfills the need to contribute, to, to be part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, to feel good about yourself and what you do. There's nothing wrong with, with that. It's, 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 it's a bit altruistic, but not entirely because you're feeling good about it too. But it also has a practical outcome. And that is you're, you're giving yourself an opportunity to meet other people who may expand your network rather than sitting at home in the living room, watching television um, or reading reading something online. I almost said reading the newspaper, but I guess we don't do that anymore. We just read websites. But, um, but I think, I think I just want to put it out there as an option. Um, I know, you know, what we're, we're all about here is, is transitioning into a new career or another job so you can sustain your, your lifestyle or even improve your lifestyle. But there could be an opportunity in between there if, if need be, to, to just volunteer and, and be available to help somebody else, help others out. And, um, and, and maybe that could lead to something that you didn't anticipate. 
Sure. You, you know, one one thing that I found in, in volunteering is um, sometimes um, it is hard to find that job that just always provides you happiness. You know, we, we encourage that and all. Yeah. But sometimes that outside entity there, there, I want veterans to know that, you know, when when we're talking about finding a job that makes you happy, sometimes the happiness is the time that that job allows you to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be a component uh, yeah. or an important piece of that job. So there is times and, and it's part of what I love about the job I currently do is it gives me time to be involved with um, a multiple, uh, uh, you know, just an array of other things within my community. Coming from a military spouse background, I mean, uh, my husband served 30 years. That's all I knew because even before I got married, my dad was an active duty military. And so from the time I was a little girl, my mom was constantly volunteering. My dad was volunteering. Uh, my husband, you know, volunteered as a, as a young service member. And so it was just my nature. And so sometimes that happiness component ties in with that volunteering component that the job gives you the time um, to be involved with other things. Uh, and, and and I think that that's critical. It, the volunteering role either can lead you um, into a career you never knew or the career can open up a volunteer positions for you. So it's kind of a, a chicken or an egg concept. Both, both can benefit, you know, each yeah. other in that. Yeah. And, and, and at the very least, you may be able to get into a volunteer job that really utilizes your skill set, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's enough to satisfy you uh, or right. to, or to, to determine this is where I want to be. I don't want to work full time. I just want to volunteer and maybe work part time with these contacts I've made. Or, boy, I'm really good at this leadership thing. And I right. and I want to now I really want to go do find a job that's going to parlay that. An example I, I can give you wasn't me. A friend of mine who had been a, a, a rather senior military member um, was had embraced retirement at its fullest and, and decided that I would, he was just going to sit back and uh, I maybe, I don't know, drink pina coladas all day and sit by the pool or sit by <laughs> a pool. Uh, but uh, he, he decided, uh, you know, uh, uh, my HOA could use some help. So he joined the HOA, the homeowners association. And as happens, uh, he rose to the ranks and became president of the HOA. Uh, and I think it kind of happened, you know, without his full knowledge and appreciation for how he did this to himself. Um, but now, you know, he has discovered through that leadership position. And I think most anybody who's been in a leadership position in a volunteer organization would agree that that is difficult when, when you're trying to lead people who are not being paid or otherwise compensated uh, who just threatened to quit because they don't want to do it anymore. And you can't, you can't um, um, encourage them with anything other than your force of personality and personal charisma. It's a real challenge, but he discovered some, some new skills and realized, Hey, I, I kind of like this leadership role that I, I hadn't had for a while. I can lead this group, even though they're pretty disparate and they're ornery sometimes, and they have their own agendas. Uh, I can be good at this again in the civilian world. So, you know, he went and did that. 
Um, but it was volunteer work that showed him that and showed others, this is what leadership is. And, and, and maybe many of them had not in that HOA, if it's not a military community and many, and many are not, they've never experienced leadership like that, that was focused and organized and, and, um, and, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking they, they were, they were able to get the most from the people in that organization, uh, because that's what we do in the military. We were able to, that's a thing that we learn how to do. So they learn something about what they're looking for in the next president. And, uh, and he learned something about himself that he was able to apply, um, in a new job. I love that. That is such a great point about once you have, you know, maybe we can talk about it in terms of companies too. Maybe they haven't experienced that type of leadership, uh, that type of that organization, that, that those skills, those skills that, that are so trained in the military. And so when companies see that there is an appreciation for that. I mean, I, that's, that's and, definitely. Yeah. As, as, as long as we, as long as we recognize that, that it is a different world, and yes. not everything translates a hundred percent. Um, sure. and, and you can't, you, you ought not to go into that civilian job, uh, in an autocratic fashion and saying, well, now I'm the director. So, uh, my 10 o'clock meeting start at 10 o'clock and not at 10 one. And, and you're going to have to learn to deal <laughs> yeah. with some frustrations that you might right. not have had to deal with in the military. Sure. Sure. And you've got to be a little bit more of a read in the wind, uh, particularly at the outset of that, job until you can establish why it's important that a 10 o'clock meeting starts at 10 o'clock right. yeah. valuable time um, exactly. so we all have to learn i had to learn too that sure. uh, i remember when i first retired i when i met my first boss who was happened to be at the time my son's age and uh and she called me dave and i said well she can't be talking to me you know <laughs> I, actually, I, where's where's colonel mauer and then and then it was Dave, and I said, "No, well, all right, I, I guess it can't be Colonel, but at least Mister. Even my father was Mister Mauer. No, nope, it was Dave, and I got I had to get used to that right away. And and now, as you, as you guys know, it's a first name basis out there for almost everybody. For, for almost even everybody, the, yeah. even the CEO of the company, even yep. people in the suite insist on being called by their first name." And yeah, that is as silly as that might be, as insignificant as that might be, is a big change from our military yeah. service. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I had a sergeant major, and and I, I know uh, I won't mention his name because I don't have permission, but I know you know who he was, uh, uh, Michelle, who who worked for me when he was uh, in E seven uh, up at the military academy. Who's now then retired, then became a sergeant major, and. And now he's a civilian and he's an entrepreneur and we work together and he still called me, sir. And I still called him Sergeant Major or he called me boss. And I finally said, look, we can't do this anymore. I'm Dave right. and you're Brian. And he goes, I can't do that. And I said, right. Brian, call me Dave. And he said, I can't, sir, I can't. So we finally right. broke through that it's 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 a weird thing because we're just so used to that according that level of respect yeah. that it's not disrespectful him to, for him to call me david's my name and right. and it's, and i was always taught you never call an enlisted person by their first name because they can't call you by their first name so you right. use their rank until they invite you to do so so it was it was difficult 
Um, But here's a little tidbit of a, of a transition blip that you have to get used to. And, 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 you know, in in addition to matching your tie and your shirt and your belts and your shoes, which we didn't have to worry too much about. So there's, there's a lot of little things that, that aren't really significant until they are. So you got to pay attention to all those little details, just like we had to in the military. Is your gig line straight? Doesn't sound like an important thing in the civilian world, but it was in the military world, Um, you know, with your belt, you know, being, being uh, properly adjusted. Well, um, do your shoes match your belt? Uh, well, that's right. not a, that's right. not something we have to think about in the military, but it's something we have to think about in the civilian marketplace. Is your lapel back in the 1940s really wide because you haven't bought a suit in, in 40 years, or is it modern? You know, and you, are you willing to have to buy a new suit every few years as the fashion changes? These are little things that that we'll have to get used to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. The last thing I want to touch base on you, and we we do this for all of our podcasts. We just kind of think it's nice to end on a, on a little bit of a fun, uh, fun moment. So I want you to think about just kind of a fun fact uh, that people may not know about you that, that you're willing to share, <laughs> um, but just something, something fun uh, uh, that, that, uh, that you'd like to let us all know as we close this podcast? Uh, you know, I thought about that uh, because you gave me a heads up that you might ask me that question. And, you know, I've got a, I got a million of them, right? They, you know, from being a grandpa and having now a 17-year-old granddaughter who's driving is making me crazy. I had three sons. So having granddaughters doing anything um, adult-like is, is new to me. Um, right. And not so much a fun fact here, but but a fact that some know. I don't know you, you guys know, but I just had um, quadruple heart bypass surgery um, back in March, the end of March, and uh, didn't have a heart attack. Just it was preventative, and the doctor said, you know, after I got checked out uh, because I'm just feeling a little lightheaded, you know, he said, uh, you're lucky you got up this morning. Um, you got you got some problems. You're you're pretty clogged up, um, and I had two problems. I had electrical problems, so I got a pacemaker to solve that. Then I had a plumbing problem, so I had to have quadruple bypass to solve that. I, I told the doc, I guess I'm going to get sheetrocked here pretty soon too after we took care of the electrical and the plumbing. Um, so that's it's literally 19 weeks ago today, and and here I am. Feel great. Uh, I'm jogging. Not fast. It's an airborne shuffle, as many people know what that pace is. But I, I'm walking fast. I'm jogging a little bit on the treadmill. I'm lifting weights. Uh, I'm on the bike. I, I walk probably 15 miles a week. Uh, I feel as good as I've ever felt. Uh, and I couldn't tell you if I didn't know better that I had heart surgery four months ago, almost five months ago. Um, so it's not a fun fact, but it's a fact. And I, I wanted to share that because uh, I've written about it a little bit in some of my, my blogs on LinkedIn and on my website. Uh, and I've encouraged people, mostly men, because that's this is typical of, 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 a, of, a, of a problem for men, is that we don't pay attention to our bodies. We don't listen to our, what our body's telling us. And uh, to do that, that, when you're not feeling normal, to go talk to somebody, to go see uh, some a medical professional and, and get their opinion and how important it is. And because I scared the you know what out of a lot of my friends 
because my doctor said I would have been dead in six months had I not had this procedure. And all I was feeling was a little lightheaded. I hadn't had chest pains or anything. Um, five of them went and saw a cardiologist and got checked out. And four of them were perfectly fine. One of them had a, a 95% blockage in his Widowmaker and got a stent and he's fine now. So it's important that we look after ourselves and follow up with our doctors and do guys do what your wife says and go to the doctor and ladies too you're not you're not immune to this um, disease and you're not immune to being uh, afraid to go to the doctor because you don't want to hear what they say mine started with my ENT my ear nose and throat because so I was feeling lightheaded so I went to the ENT right down the street good guy and he said your ears are fine you know I thought maybe it was you know clogged ears and I was feeling you know sinus he no, yours are fine. And I went back. He said, come back in a, in a couple of months. I did the same thing. He said, your ears are fine. You need to see a cardiologist. A cardiologist? He said, yeah. I, I never would have even considered that. Anyway, I do. He's uh, the pacemaker. Pacemaker resulted in having a, a CT scan of my heart. That resulted in, you got problems, guy. You got all kinds of blockages. To, you, you have too many blockages to have a stent, so you need bypass. In fact, it's quadruple. In fact, we're doing this in two weeks. So, and here I am, perfectly fine, I think, uh, at least for now. But I feel great. And and so I think, uh, not a fun fact, but a fact, and maybe it's a fun fact because I'm here to talk about it. And, um, and it didn't require a huge change in lifestyle other than I now walk all the time. I work out. I go to the gym. Um, you know, I, my wife is envious of, of the fact that I'm going to the gym and and she's 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 recovering from uh, knee surgery, so now I can walk and she can't. It used to be the other way around. Um, so, fun fact: take care of yourself. You never know um, what it can lead to, and and who's like the life you save may be your own. Absolutely. Well, I'm very glad you're still around, uh, and uh, and I think you've got a lot more to do. Um, so that is a very important fact. And thanks for sharing, because I do believe often we dismiss things like that. And so it, it, it's just those minor little uh, irritants that may have to, um, you know, just explore a little bit. Um, so yeah, my, you can my, be around to see your next granddaughter's drive. I mean, those, those yeah. are important things in life. Yeah, my, my ear, nose, and throat doctor saved my life. Yep, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And I told and I told him so. And and that doesn't happen a lot to an ENT. So he was pretty pretty happy. <laughs> Dave, the last okay. thing we want to do is give you the opportunity. Please share your contact information, your blogs, your LinkedIn, your <laughs> website, anything that you have and do that will benefit our audience, our senior level veterans, our, um, our special troops that are out there, anything that would benefit them, we want them to know how to connect with you. So can you share a little bit of that before we close out? Sure, absolutely, I appreciate that. And I'd love to be able to, to connect with uh, folks that, in your audience. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, as many of us are, as they should be too, uh, as they get out, because that is the professional network uh, so you could just reach me at uh, Dave Maurer, you know, on LinkedIn, M-A-U-R-E-R. -E um, I have a website. It's DaveMaurerConsulting.com. It's D-A-V-E-M-A-U-R-E-R, -E consulting, with an I-N-G, dot com. Um, uh, you can find me on 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 the web for that. I, I've got some books. I've uh, my 
the one I'm proudest of is the one I wrote entirely by myself. Um, it only took you know 12 years or so to, to finally do. It's called Watering Rocks, How to Fail and Succeed as a Leader. Um, it's not on Amazon. Um, you can get it through me. You can just contact me directly on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to uh, to uh, sign a book and and uh, and get it to you. They're uh, they're twenty dollars plus plus shipping. <clears throat> but um, uh, again, I'd love to be able to continue the conversation. If anybody wants to chat me up um, and ask any further questions, uh, as you might have gleaned from this. Um, I like to talk, uh, so um, be prepared, get a cup of coffee and give me a call uh, or send me a note and, and we're happy to, I'm happy to continue to talk about your transition and, and maybe make a connection or two for you, depending on, on where you want to be and what you want to do. Fantastic. So all of that will be in the show notes as well. I'll make sure that that is in the show notes. Um, all of those uh, links will be live links there. Guys, it has been a fantastic show. I want to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate your time, and we will never waste it. And to our transitioning uh, military veterans, our focus is to bring you the aim small, miss small concept and hone your focus into each transition process step. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Tactical Transition Podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure to push the follow button on our podcast and subscribe to ESELseminars.com.